This is your Kanabic County Sheriff's Report with Kanabic County Sheriff Brian Smith right here on Q Media's On Demand. Good morning, Brian. Well, good morning. Hey, how's it going, sir? It's going good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, felt a little bit more like winter here when we had uh, that temperature that one day. I believe it was zero, and the wind decided to do what the wind does, and I uh, had some wind chill. And we've really had a nice, I guess it's still officially fall. It won't be officially winter till the 21st. But I started to feel like, yeah, we do still live in Minnesota, and we do have four seasons, and we are definitely going into the winter one right now. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... If you look, if you look at historically, though, we're we're still a little late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally ground's pretty frozen by now, and uh, a lot of our lakes are iced over enough you can actually get out and get on them. But uh, you know, until we had that that cold on uh, Monday, it there were a lot of a lot of open lakes. So still, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's still there's there's really not enough out there to be safe so you gotta be super cautious yeah and i do think we get you want to get ahead of the game and i know if you go let's say up north i've, I've heard of people you get on some of the bigger lakes um in northern minnesota and of course they've had more snow up there too it might be a little bit different but just as a reminder uh, the typical thing you know talk to the bait shops they're they're great founts right. of information if there's a resort you know a lot of people have resorts especially you get on malax for example i mean it takes right. a while to get that ice firm enough to start doing what you want to do out there and uh, some common sense has to prevail right yep you know i got together with uh, a bunch of the northern sheriffs here this past week and um they were all saying that uh, even their ice is not safe by any means. It has not been cold enough, long enough. So there's people going out, and you can do certain things in certain areas. But, um, you, yeah, you definitely got to talk to the local resorts and the people that know the lake the best because um, there's areas you should not go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you, and obviously where there's open water, I read something – I think it was just earlier this week, uh, somebody, and I it was not in our area at all, but there was a river situation, and they were out, and it's like you have to know that where there's moving water, <laughs> you know, it takes a long time to even have a chance. It has to be a very shallow area that maybe, you know, if we had another time like we did last February where we had sub-zero for weeks, I mean, that might happen then, but otherwise, open water, figure it out. I mean, you just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, common well, sense. Usually, the shallower the water, the worse it is because it it moves so fast underneath the ice. It just, it wears it off hmm, as okay. fast as it builds it. So good point. Um, yeah, the, where it's deeper and slower, it freezes. You know, a little deeper. Hmm. But um, but yeah, rivers are super unpredictable. So and a lot of our lakes have. Definitely. It's not a it's not a river, obviously, but there's different. Uh, activity coming in just like springs and and such right and you really have to know the lake and know where those areas are yep. all winter long because they can be a bugaboo at any time really yep. even in a super yep. cold winter yes absolutely know, know your lakes wherever there's channels and like where the where the rivers come in and where the rivers go out and they all they all have their unique features and if you're not familiar with them you certainly need to be extra cautious this might be a weird question, Brian, but it's a God forbid thing. But okay, something happens, somebody's out, 
they go through, whether they're on a sled or they've whatever. They maybe push the envelope and they go through. So let's say that happens locally here. How do they call? You guys are called first. How does how does it work? Is DNR involved? You know, I'm just kind of curious about that as a layperson. Well, usually it comes in from a 911, so it'll come into our dispatch center and we'll de- dispatch all, all available units. Um, so the DNR will they, they monitor our channel. They'll get that call and um, we'll get all the resources we we need out to that particular situation. So. It could involve uh, well, a lot of them. You know, your first responders on scene. Obviously, we don't patrol with uh, boats on the back of our vehicles, mm-hmm. so right. they'll the deputies will go find whatever they can find. Um, so they may they may go to a residence on shore and, and commandeer a canoe that's sitting there. Um, and you know, property owners have always been really good about offering up you know, boats to go rescue people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's never even been an issue. But they'll try and take something with them so they can get out there safely and not go through themselves. Um, but whatever's available, and uh, and if we need something different, um, you know, then we'll, we'll try and get that. Um, you know, like airboats and stuff, but that takes time. So See, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, in fact, we don't we don't have an airboat, so we would probably have to get one from Wax County. Yeah, because they've got the big lake up there, so they've got to have more resources, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Oh, they do. They do water rescues all the all the time. There's always people going through um, all times of the year. So, yeah, their their safety rescue is a pretty well oiled machine, and um, Aiken County too has a pretty big rescue unit because they've got a lot of water up there and they do a lot of rescues. Makes a difference in that regard for yep. sure. What happens, Brian, so let's say the good news is nobody's you know in danger as far as a person, but a truck goes through or something. Um, we're not quite to that point yet. I hope nobody's going that far. But if that happens, how, how I've always wondered how they get it out. I mean, they have to have some kind of a crane a pontoon. I've always kind of just out of curiosity wonder how they make that maneuver to get that truck out. We've we've had them. We've had the need for that here, unfortunately. Um, I think they've all been up a knife lake, if I recall correctly. But um, at least the ones I'm familiar with. And uh, being that we, we're we're a close proximity to Malax Lake, uh, Malax Lake has that problem routinely. And they have uh, there's a couple outfits out of uh, the aisle area that they specialize in that. So they've got all kinds of special equipment, and they got tripods and and uh, uh, block and tackle equipment and um, like frameworks that they can get out and span the the hole in the ice so that they can get the equipment necessary to get a hold of that vehicle and, and pull it up out of the ice. Hmm. Must be something to try to, and of course I would think proximity to shore would make a difference too, wouldn't it? Or doesn't it? I don't know it? that the proximity to shore makes any difference. It's, okay. Because uh, you're, you're depending on the strength of the ice. You're not, you're not connected to shore at sure, all. Sure, I guess, yeah, um, that makes not sense. The ones I've been in, not the ones I've been involved in. Um, so um, it's, it's quite a, it's quite an endeavor and, uh, it can get quite expensive. 
That was my next question. That must be a big part of it. And you, as the owner of the vehicle, are responsible to get that thing out of there. I'm sure financially responsible anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's the DNR gets involved, and, you know, your vehicle goes into the lake, you're putting uh, oil and coolant and whatever other things leak out of that vehicle. There's, There's some issues there. No doubt. And I would think, I I work in an insurance place, but I don't understand all insurances. But I would wonder if your insurance would cover your vehicle when something like that happens. I, I'd have to ask somebody in the know on that, but I'm thinking it would well, be a I no. Would, I, I would anticipate that it's probably depends on the coverage that you have. Yeah, true, true. I think your standard average coverage probably would not cover that. Ah, just think of the expense it, all the way around. Mm-hmm. Besides, right. the biggest thing, obviously, is taking a chance with your life because if depending on what that scenario is and you go through, right. I it just when I close my eyes, it just gives me shivers to think of <laughs> something like that happening. Right. So right. some common sense right. is a good thing, right. especially this time of year. Brian, segueing off of that just a little bit, I didn't give you a chance. I did, we just got right into the, the weather situation, but... Um, I should let you share a little bit because we like to touch base. What's gone on the past week or so? How many how many calls of service? What's been going on? Well, things quieted down a little bit from the, the two weeks before. Um, remember, two, a week ago we were talking about a lot of calls and a lot of arrests, and uh, we had a lot of stuff going on. And this this past week's been. Uh, much more normal to a, a winter week, um, but we still had 225 calls for wow. service. Okay. Um, and uh, but we were we were down. We only had six arrests, so that wasn't even one a day. Um, so that was that was a little better. Um, and uh, you know our, our calls for service, the the scam stuff has started to pick up. Um, we had a few more scam calls than we've been having. Uh, Quite a few suspicious calls, like we normally do. Um, uh, but then across the border is a few thefts, uh, uh, attempted burglary in a, of a garage um, that the homeowner interrupted. Um, one another stop arm violation. Um, huh. Wow! Been having way too many of those. Mm-hmm. We talked about it last week, and um, we just got a got to focus on our driving and make sure our kiddos are safe. Yeah, I mean, that just, it seems like such a no-brainer to me, and yet it's become a, right. a bigger problem. I don't know if it's just inattentive right. driving, uh, a whole bunch of factors, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I guess. I, I'm guessing, but I can't, I can't figure it out myself. So, yeah, to me, you see that um, school bus, I don't know, I was just trained, you know, as long as I can remember learning how to drive, it's, it was just like this big beacon. When you see right. a school bus, you... You know what to do. You back off. You stay back, and you you know. You should expect to stop. Yeah. You should expect to have to stop. Right. And if you don't, great. But you should expect to. Um, so. Yeah, depending on the route. Flashing lights come on. You know, get get prepared to stop and wait. Let those kids get off. And again, I do think there's diff- there's always challenges. I don't care where you live. If you're within the city limits, and you've got, you know. Maybe more drop-offs, let's say. Then you get out in the more rural communities. The bus can get up to speed, let's say. They might go quite a distance before they have to stop again. But either it doesn't matter what the scenario is. That bus and that, when you see those lights come on, it's just a no-brainer. You would have to do the right thing and, and right. be respectful of that situation. Kids will be right. getting on or getting off that bus. 
Right. Good reminder. It, it, it seems that most of our stop on violations are either in town or they're on the highway. Hmm. Those seem to be the two things that uh, our rural county roads, I, I don't recall them being out there. Um, it's mostly busier highways and then in town for some reason. Hmm. Okay. In fact, I think the in town ones are probably the most. I just don't so, get it. I'm I'm uh, I'm baffled. <laughs> yep. I, I'm baffled right. a lot these days, though. That that's nothing new. Right. That's for sure. Right. So a good reminder there. And when you mentioned the scam calls, are they the typical ones? Social Security, Medicare? Are they phone calls, emails? What what do you? Just a little description there, Brian. If you know the offhand, ones that, the ones that I saw this week are are phone calls. People are getting called, and they're um the the scam itself. There was. I don't know that there was one same scam. There was a lot of different ones, but there were people um, want people's information. Um, and if you don't uh, give us that information, we're going to start legal proceedings against yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and they didn't even say what, why they wanted the information, or at least it wasn't in the, the notes that I could read. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, the social security one, um, we talked about the, uh, the scam about your your grandchild or yes. uh, even child is in jail somewhere and you need to send us money. That one's out there. I didn't see that one this week, but I saw it last week. A couple a couple people got that one. Huh. Um, so it, yeah, it's there's always a new twist on the, the same scams, but the, the point is they want you to send them money or or gift cards. Yeah, go get us Apple gift cards and and uh, and send them to us, or send the codes to us. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a definite tip off that it's a scam because mm-hmm. that's not that's not normal payment. Anytime, I really I think the gift card thing is if if you haven't caught on prior, as soon as they ask for that form of payment. Uh, you can just know it's a scam. And I, I just notice yep. a huge uptick. Of course, here I work at Schoberg at Holmstrom, and I, I answer the, the phone a lot. And we get a ton of, of calls, too, and not necessarily asking about Social Security or Medicare, but they're just recorded ones where, you know, it's some kind of a scam of whatever. And it's it, and that's at a business. And my cell phone lately, even though I'd like to think there's some amount of protection on my phone, I get so many of the ones. Your car warranty. Oh, my goodness. I yep. And, and yep. you can block them, and it doesn't matter because they're going to come up with a different number. So it's just this yep. constant. And I know you told me before, too, you get tons of them. Here you are, ironically enough. I mean, they don't care that you're a sheriff. They could, you know, they're just going to, no. it's a random thing, and they call them all. It's very frustrating, no. though. I have even had them in my office phone, surprisingly. Isn't that Not something? Not very often, but they have come in at my <laughs> office phone. And my cell phone, obviously, I get that. You kind of want to say, uh, really? You know, you do. Right. You know, you know, uh... Anyway, I, I it continues. So just a warning about that. And the one other thing, Brian, before I let you get on with your day here, um, I know that there are some people still maybe a little confused on the parking situation for overnight. Certain certain things happen in the city limits. Can you kind of explain that again for us? Yeah, in the in the, in the city limits, the, the the cities, both Mora and Ogilvy, have ordinances about winter parking. And so they can clear the streets efficiently, 
and uh, and try and get it done in one at one time rather than have to go back repeatedly because that's you just can't do a good job doing that. And uh, so between uh, 2 a.m. and 8 a.m., you can't park on the streets. So you have to park off the street in, in a driveway or a parking lot or, or something. Um, and we've, you know, start of the winter, we usually give out warnings. So we've I noticed this last snowstorm, we gave out a lot of warnings. Um, so people didn't listen to our message last week. And uh, there's quite a few vehicles out there that, that needed to be warned. Um, and if it gets to the, if it gets to the point where, uh, there's been warnings, um, there's going to be citations issued and you still don't get the program and you're in the way of the snow plows, uh, we'll tow the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a cheap endeavor and that's not something we want to do, but, um, you know, the city wants to get their roads plowed efficiently and, um, to do that, the vehicles need to be off the roadway. Yep. And it's just a good reminder. I, I mentioned to Brian, he said maybe we should bring this up today. And I do think it's one of those things we get so used. There are signs that are out in various places, right? I know there are. And I think we just, they've been there long enough that we just kind of forget. And so it's much like anything else. It's just like winter driving. We just have to kind of get our thinking caps back on again and remember right. these are the yep. stipulations within the city limits, again, of Mora and uh, also in Ogilvy. And that's where Brian, yep. you know, again, Connecticut County. But you can pretty much assume, I think, most places in Minnesota have some kind of a stipulation in place so that yep. crews can do the roads mm-hmm. when they need to do them. Yeah, I believe Quamba and Grafton also have similar mm-hmm. um, similar ordinances so that they can get their snow removed. Right, it just makes sense. Because like you say, a lot of these places, I mean, people complain about taxes sometimes, and the bottom line is <laughs> they're having to do things over again, and that's using resources, and they're trying to be as efficient as they possibly can. So that makes sense. Right. And, Absolutely. you know, and people probably, if you haven't done it, you probably don't realize, you know, um, but if, if you, if you don't get those, if you don't get the snow scraped down to the, the curbs right away, they just get packed in and it turns into ice and you cannot, even with the best heavy equipment, that stuff just doesn't come off. Yeah. And then that causes problems when stuff starts to melt, it can't get to the storm drains and, and, and run off properly. And it, and it just causes even more problems. So that's that's why it's important that they be able to do that uh, efficiently and get it clean right down to the curb. It, uh, it just causes us less problems um, down the road. Absolutely. And, uh, later in the year. Yeah, it's yep. a good reminder because it is. It's a it's a game to try to get, you know, the snow off the roads in any way they possibly can. So it's good information right. to have. Brian, is there anything else before I let you get on with your morning today? No, I think, uh, hey, we're in... We've been talking about a lot of winter weather, so we're into that winter weather driving scenario, and uh, well, things get icy, and um, even even when it hasn't snowed, um, things can get slippery from you know cold exhausts and stop signs, and so you always have to be prepared. So slow down a little bit and give yourself a little extra room. Don't use your, use your cruise control. Um, 
give yourself extra time. Good reminders. Yeah, all the above. We'll we'll check all the boxes today, Brian. <laughs> you are so right. Good right. good things to remember. I'll tell you what, sir, as always, I appreciate your time, and you and I will have a date coming up next week, and then before you know it, we're going to be into the holiday season. So I look forward to catching right. up with you next week, my dear. All right, sounds good. All right, take her easy, Brian. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a Q Media Group production.